Cities are often built over the remains of other cities, incorporating the visible landmarks and visible spirits of another time. Cities are pictures of our conscious attainments and cultural evolution, and every city contains the means of its own demise. Are we here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, there's people. There's people. Right. So getting off the train, Look at them. they're coming our way. Are they? This is Walrus. And I am Otter. Here we go. Here we go. Where are we? Uh, we're in uh, Wunsdorf Wallstadt. Which is a town a little south of Berlin. Wallstadt literally translating as meaning, you know, city of the woods. Located in what was formerly known as East Germany. Okay, but what's the reason we're actually here, babe? Why are we here? Well... You've dragged me out yeah. on a Wednesday morning. It's 10 o'clock. We got on the 8.54 train out of Alexanderplatz. Why are we here? Why are we here? Well, uh, there is some buildings here that are in this location that might be worth a visit. Okay. There is actually to... entire city that is worth our attention. I'm not just talking about Wunsdorf itself. I'm talking about the city that is not being lived in. Whoa, an abandoned city. An abandoned city. That's what we're going to talk about. This is And today we are speaking about how abandoned places became a major Berlin character trait. So Berlin is known for its raw character. It has a reputation for unfinished, edgy, exposed, gritty, industrial buildings. But for Berlinology, we wanted to know how abandoned this city really is. Is it really filled with semi-broken buildings scattered across an abandoned landscape? Or has it already patched itself up quite completely? And to find ourselves a good old abandoned building, a proper gritty territory, we did our own urban exploration. Which brings us to 1895. 1895. 604 people are living in Wunsdorf. Um, oh, now it has 10 times the amount, just to let you know. Yeah, six and a half Today thousand. it has 6,500 people living here. We're standing in front of this big map of the area. So we're now over here. We're actually going to walk straight ahead to number four on the map, which is the Haus des Offizieren. Haus des Offizieren. Okay, what does that mean? The well, House of the Officials? The uh, was actually built, as you said, right over here, 1916. Um, it means House of Officers, and it's going to be uh, our first abandoned buildings of today. I actually phoned with a man called Mr. Naumann, and if everything goes well, he's going to open the door for us, okay, and we'll have a look inside. That's great. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Wunsdorf and the abandoned city that comes with it. But it was originally built because over here they have the dates of, of when these buildings were built. So it was originally built as a militaire Turnanstalt. Turnanstalt. During the First World War, Wunsdorf became a military sporting facility. And then it turned into, under the Nazis, a Heere Sportschule. Which means the um, sports center of the army. And then afterwards, under the Soviets, it was turned into house 
der Offizier. Now, the military premise was given up without a fight towards the end of the war. And with a bit of delay, it was taken over by Soviet command in 1954. Now, the Soviets built one of the largest military zones outside of the Soviet Union in Wunsdorf. It's an entire city, way bigger than the actual town of Wunsdorf itself. It's said to have between 40 and 60,000 Soviets living there. Some people refer to it as Little Moscow, or more interestingly, as the Forbidden City. Oh, yeah, Forbidden, Verboten. Yeah. So these kind of signs, just to come back to this being now an abandoned building, these kind of signs are incredibly attractive to people who want to come and break into buildings. When you say betreten, verboten, so trespassing, forbidden. Yes, trespassing is not allowed. Then some people with some characteristics, they think, that sounds like the most exciting thing in the entire world. I have to totally defy that sign. I think at this point, it would be good to introduce someone who actually knows a little bit about this stuff. So my name is Kiran Fahi. I'm from Ireland, been living in Berlin nine years now. And Kieran, he actually runs an incredibly popular trespassing blog. Um, intrepid explorer of places long since left forgotten. Yeah, so tr trespassing blog called Abandoned Berlin. So he's one of those people that if he sees a sign with forbidden on it... The, the, the sign with verboten on it, you know, you're not allowed in. So this was something, I guess, that I had from childhood, because we used to do that when we were kids as well, you know, go into people's gardens or... He goes right in. Okay, so, but what, what is the thrill about all of this? I mean, going into a building that has a forbidden sign on it, What, what is the excitement behind all of this? Um, and I think if you go in and you wander around, you might spot clues or you might find out what happened. It's like everyone has their own little private detective and they're kind of snooping around and they just like that kind of, you know, nosiness, I guess. But for now, I think it's time to actually let loose the podcast detectives for a little bit. Yeah, and we eventually found Mr. Naumann. Herr Naumann. Hello. Guten <laughs> Tag. Jürgen Naumann is the caretaker of this massive place. And with Herr Naumann giving us some directions for the terrain, gives us a little map, we're off to explore the forbidden city for ourselves. And he, I think he's right over here. Okay, let's go see him. Let's go see the, the bugger. Vladimir. Oh, we're gonna see Lenin. Oh, yeah. How many Lenins have you seen in your life? I haven't seen that many. I, I, I can't remember. Maybe, in, maybe in, I've seen some in Russia, but... Look, they are um, they're disappearing at an absolutely staggering rate. Wow, look at him. Yeah. There's broken steps in front of him. Um, all right, so I'm in a... Looks like a forum that was created. It's all grown over now. There's... there's uh, weeds growing in between all of the pavement slabs but it seems like some kind of forum that was created in front of the lenin statue and lenin standing there mid-movement a classic lenin pose he's mid-stride his jacket is waving open his a little bit his jacket is waving open in the wind he's marching towards the freedom of the working class he's working towards walking towards the dictatorship of the proletariat. <laughs> so maybe not entirely surprising that the Soviets built this massive statue of Lenin in their forbidden city. But the statue is just the beginning of our exploration of this site. 
All right, so. Oh. The echo is going to change. The oh. sound is going to change. We're actually Hello. entering our first building. We're going to go straight through this door. Oh, this is fantastic. Yellow house. glass. Oh, no, this one is closed. Okay, this one is closed. Okay, so you can smell mold. And it says, uh, uh, Achtung, so be careful, the house is in not in a good shape. And in you can clearly shape. see that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, look at this place. A little oh. act of rebellion over here. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Talk, talk to Just me. to explain to the scene. We are standing in the middle of a, it's a massive theater. It's a huge room that is filled with line after line after line of, of chairs, chairs that haven't been used in, you know, 23 years. And in front of us is a stage, a stage which over the top of it has a picture of the memorial at Treptow Park. So it's a memorial of a soldier carrying a huge sword in one hand and a baby in the other. And where do we know that soldier from? Treptow Park. Treptow Park. It memorial. says Zapatnaya Grupa Voisk. And I have no idea what that means, but we're going to have that translated as soon as possible. I'm going to walk through the curtains. Okay. Wow. This is fantastic. Look at this. This is all behind the stage, so they could actually do a theater performance over here. Some confetti on the floor, like it's just been used for a wedding. Who would get married here? <gasps> Backstage. Well. It's a little bit less interesting though than the, the building up front. A little bit less so what can I say, what I really found interesting about the movie theatre is that you so clearly can see what that was. You can so clearly reek what people did there, oh you know, just goodness. sitting there and enjoying the movie theatre. You can feel their participation in that room. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You want to walk in there? Oh my god. What the hell is that? That is horrible. It's cats. Oh no! And a dog. Where's the dog? Oh, that's oh, horrible. Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so in this room, there's a tiny death chamber over here with um, the skeletons. And I have to say, there's still skin on them of two dogs and a cat. Oh, that is, that is horrible. So... People really need to... These, they died here. Or, I don't know. I'm leaving that place. That's that's just that's just nasty. The site of Lil Moscow is massive. The film theater is just one of the many areas we explore. We found a former Soviet radio studio. We're recording a podcast in an old Soviet recording studio. Sang some old Soviet songs. We found some old Soviet newspapers. History. Oh, this is talking about Brezhnev. So Brezhnev. Must be between Nineteen. end of the 60s and 1980. 82 or something. He was in power. Oh, here. I've got it. I've got it. 1981. 
Uh, we almost died. Yeah, so all kinds of like huge. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I kind of love it where we're walking. Oh, okay. like, I just almost sank through the floor there. But the coolest part was actually getting onto the roof. Again, I'm spooked out by roofs. I think that was also the scariest thing that we did. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. We had to pull the, the thing up, and then we can actually. Let's um. do this. This, to be, to be honest, we're walking through. Uh, the temperature is actually rising as it's soon as so you go up. Hot. And uh, we're looking it, underneath the roof. There's a whole like con like construction of all kind of these steel beams. And we're walking over these. Oh my uh, god. These stairs are not great. These stairs are not great. All right. Well, I have to bend my <laughs> hair a little bit. Oh my god. To get underneath. Oh my god. Okay. So there's this wooden staircase that's clearly been makeshift shackled together amongst these steel beams and there's some viewing platform where you can Dude, see Dude, this is the roof. this is mental. Fauta, where are you? I'm 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 up here. Just uh, just keep on walking. I'm okay. going to try and I'm, see uh, if I can push something. You know, I told you I'm scared of like everything. That includes um heights, rickety wooden staircases. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Oh my god, I feel you're gonna be fine. It's totally fine up here. Is it? Yeah, it's fine. We just need to, you know, just need to walk up a little bit more. Okay. I have a feeling oh. if I walk here a little bit more. Oh. Just don't look down. Okay, that is the worst advice ever because don't people always look down when you say don't look down. All right, oh, just I come see. up a little bit further down here. You have to make this turn and there's this beam. You have to walk underneath it. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Oh my God. Okay, I think if I push this, all right, if I push this. Okay, I can't, okay. Oh! Wow. <laughs> yes! Wow. Look at this. this Just is to give you an awesome. idea about what we're doing, we're climbing up for some unknown reason. For the purposes Whoa. of podcasting accuracy, we are climbing up into the beams, the rafters of this old abandoned building. It's beautiful. You need a hand. Shall I take Can that you take thing from me? Mr. Oh. oh. That's quite difficult. It's on my hand. It's, oh, it's just let, wrapped with me. Let go of it. I'm trying. Oh my god. Okay, can you please film me doing this because no one's going to believe I actually did this because I'm such a pussy pants. I am such a pussy pants. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Are you? Oh, success. Oh, success. I can't believe that. I can't believe I'm, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is great. It's so worth it. And getting onto the roof, we could actually see most of the area. This is quite spectacular. We already went in there. Where is, this is, look at this. This is amazing. That's pretty dope. So this is the entire place that we can see. From, from here, we can look at the houses of Itzieren. We can look at the, the freaking um, diorama and all the buildings that are attached to this. Being up there, we came to the full realization how weird it actually is to overlook the entire abandoned facility. Yeah, it's weird, especially with the trees and especially also here in the courtyard, all that desolate area that's not being used. And, um, it's just weird that an entire building like that could come to... Nothing. Yeah, could come to sort of be abandoned.
And this was by far and away not the only building to be abandoned. In fact, hundreds if not thousands more buildings were abandoned also. So let's talk a little bit more about why these buildings came to be abandoned in the first place. The reason there's so many abandoned places around is because of the history. So because you had like, first of all, like two wars, and then the Cold War, and then Marafal with like the, you know, basically demise of a whole country and then, you know, reunification wasn't really reunification but rather the takeover of one country by another so everything that belonged to one country was kind of either like consumed or discarded. So Kieran explained that after the wall came down and East and West Germany unified the East had a harder time to adjust to its new circumstances. And that's what really created this sort of glut of like old you know abandoned factories, abandoned hospitals, abandoned schools, like literally everything that wasn't deemed useful to, you know, investors or, you know, that couldn't really survive this uh, changeover that was just kind of thrown away. And it's this need, this use that would dictate whether a building would remain operational or be left to become abandoned. Kieran stressed that it was often geography that led to something being left open or being closed down. I would say, you know, 90% is just GDR stuff, stuff that didn't survive Marafal. So he mentions that 90% of the buildings that he visited for his blog were in former East Germany, part of the GDR. So it's buildings like schools and hospitals and military facilities that used to have a use in a country that after the 3rd of October 1990 simply no longer existed. But then we get to the question of location, location, location. And that I think is the reason it's still abandoned. I mean, just to come back to this question, 23 years it's left like this. 23 years. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, how often does that happen? Yeah. I mean, the, it was in constant use since it was built in the late 19th century, the early 20th century, and then suddenly in 1994 the Soviets leave and no one wants to use it after that. Well, for one thing, we don't have deposits of 60,000 odd soldiers to house and feed and exercise. Let's explore a little bit deeper why we had to take a 45-minute train ride out of the city centre to see some truly abandoned buildings. Well, isn't it obvious? Most of the decent ones in Berlin are already taken, already filled, and the rest you can't go into on pain of being mutilated by some kind of razor wire or jagged metal fencing. I think when we started making the episode uh, I was quite convinced that we're going to find a massive amount of these abandoned places and I was really excited for urban exploration but I think in the end uh, we landed on something a little bit outside of the city center of Berlin because we had d actually difficulty finding a place that met our standards. That's the thing if you want to really find an abandoned building that's truly empty that's not in use today you do you have to go outside of the city I mean we mentioned earlier three of those places, the Berlitz, Hellstetten, the Wandlitz, but also Wunsdorf. These all have something in common. They're all about 45 minutes from the city center. So then what is this idea that we still have? Because I think we were kind of, kind of confident that we would find abandoned places. But I think one of the reasons why we have that in the back of our heads is because there are so many cool places. You know, there are so many big factories that have been found a new purpose for. You know, if I think about the big clubs that we have, or even some of the, the cool hotspots in the city, you know, they were amazing buildings from an exciting time, you know, built factories, hospitals and stuff like that. But 
there has been a new use for them. You know, there has been a sort of reappropriation. So, yeah, Wouter, tell me, what are you thinking about when you walk around this place? Well, I'm, I think well, what is exciting about it is that, you, and I am, I, I truly feel a sort of excitement, um, that you can go into these places that at one point have been forbidden to go in. I mean, this was a sealed off location. This was where the Soviets were handling their business. And before that time, it was a, a military facility for the Nazis. So what, what that means is that, and I think that is one of the key elements in trying to understand these abandoned places, they were often places where you were not allowed to just go in. Like even like a hospital, you're not allowed to just walk freely through a hospital. You have to have these, you know, nurses there taking care of you, or if it's a military facility, or if it's, you know, any sort of building that is, um, I, th I think that's the charm of it. You know, this idea that you can now go into one of these places that have been off, how do you say it, off premises or like... Um, abandoned. Yeah, abandoned, yeah, but like for, for they, they have this charm because at one point out in its existence, they were out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, th th that, that could be a thing. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I would find it, I still find it difficult to figure out exactly if Berlin at this moment is a place with a lot of abandoned buildings or not. I still, you know, I still don't know exactly. I think one thing that we can say for sure is that it's becoming less and less by the year. And is that is that a good thing? Is that something we're excited about? As I said, I don't think there's much point getting emotional about these things. People who, who you know, when I first came to Berlin, everyone was telling me, oh, you should have come five years ago or ten years ago. That's when Berlin was really cool. That was when it was really raw. But in 2013, I felt that Berlin was much rawer than it is today. I think people get older, people age, your concept Especially of the city you. changes. <laughs> Especially today. Happy birthday, Arthur. Thank you. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, there is this sense of, of, of things, of course, changing. Um, I, I'm just, I would say I'm excited for the fact that uh, we get to go into these buildings, you know, uh, maybe f in a different, re for a different way, a different reason, uh, we got repurposed, but um, it's always exciting being in a place where you formerly could not have walked through. So uh, to sum it all up, we did find some abandoned places. They were not in the city center of Berlin. We explored why they got abandoned in the first place. And uh, we've given you uh, yeah, a little bit of an update on, on where the city of Berlin is actually starting today. So that was our very first Berlinology episode, everyone. I hope you liked it. You'll notice quite a lot of consistencies. Us for one, Otter. Hi there. And the subject matter for another. Berlin! And what we hope to do with this series is take you further, take you deeper than before, really explore what makes this city tick. Yeah, we hope you liked it. It's also worth mentioning that we're actually recording this on my 29th birthday, so happy birthday to me! Yeah. <laughs> thanks. And a big thanks to Kieran Fahi, who helped us understand the secrets of trespassing. You can find his blog at abandonedberlin.com. And a shout out to Mark Schilders, who made a brand new soundtrack for the show. Thanks also to L.Y. Felidas and Svetnik for their music. We have a brand new logo too designed by Tina Zelmer and as always Berlinology was produced from the 4000 Hertz headquarters in Berlin, Germany. Catch us next time for some deep diving into the cavernous recesses of Germany's naughtiest capital city. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Ciao.
yeah, maybe. And it's got all these knobs on and coloured buttons that you feel if you press them, they would go beep, 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 beep. A 4000 Hertz production.